Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Sports Day WA. And don't forget that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game. Now, it's worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in-store at Beaumont Tiles before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win. Of course, TNCs do apply. Speaking about going overseas to see a sporting event, this man's about to hop on the big bird in a couple of days' time. He's the man that covers the rugby for us. I'm just wondering if you'll see <laughs> Australia, and that is the Wallabies, in the quarterfinals after last night's disaster against Fiji in the pool match. We're talking about Mick Collis. Nobody knows rugby in Australia better than Mick. Mick, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Pete, my pleasure. And I tell you what, I'm glad that I'm, I'm going across for the pool games, and I'm glad I've done that because, as you mentioned there, we might be a bit shaky. If you book tickets for the quarters, semis and finals to watch the Wallabies, you might not be getting what you want to see. So they've got two matches in the pool games, Wales and Portugal, and I gather, before we talk about the loss to Fiji, they need to win both. Yeah, well, they definitely they definitely need – they'll beat Portugal. If, if, if we don't beat Portugal – Australian rugby should just give up. So we'll beat <laughs> Portugal. But it's Wales is the key for us. It's the top two teams go through. At the moment, Wales are on top of our pool, which is Pool C, and the Wallabies and the Fijians are on equal points. And that's what, at the very end of that game, uh, even though Fiji had won it, they tried to kick the penalty goal, which would have would have denied Australia picking up the the single point for the uh, for the for the loss. Like you get a bonus point if you stay within seven. So they tried to do that to put themselves ahead of Australia. They missed the kick, so Australia and Fiji are level. Wales are on top. So the Wallabies need to beat Wales to give ourselves a chance of going through because Fiji were beaten by Wales. So it's become it's it's become a really interesting tough year. You, you basically you cannot afford to drop a game, but we will we will beat Portugal, but it all depends on us now, on um on us beating Wales because if we lose to Wales, I think we're gone because Fiji would have already played Wales and Australia, so Fiji will have Georgia and Portugal to win, so they'll they'll have three wins out of their match, and we'll only have the two, so we will not go through. So this next, um, I think it's Monday morning, Australia versus Wales, our World Cup hinges on that game. Mm, interesting. Well, let's go back to what transpired last night. And I know, and I mentioned it earlier, and I featured him earlier, Australian head coach Eddie Jones made no secret of how much that loss hurt. It's hurting a lot of people that follow the Wallabies, certainly uh, through the country, and he's taken full responsibility for the result, which marked... Incredibly, the team's sixth loss in seven tests this year. But you can't shy away from Fiji. After all, as we know, in some of the World Cup warm-up games, they went to Twickenham and they beat England. So are we underestimating the emergence of Fijian rugby? Look, I think from what we've seen, yes. I think the sad thing is, or not the sad thing from their point of view, but the Fijians have progressed at the same rate that we've regressed over the past 10 or 15 years. There was a time where 
if Australia played, I think the Fijians played Australia in, in Perth um, probably about 10 years ago, I think, from memory. And I remember then that if, if the Wallabies didn't put 50 points on Fiji, the Wallabies weren't trying. And they have improved so much to the point where we saw them beat England at Twickenham and their, their last match before the World Cup. So that really put the world on notice. And then for them to come out and beat Australia, look, it was a surprise. It hadn't happened for 69 years since the... So that, that you know, no one thought that was going to happen um, last night, but, but it did. And I think that thing that's really helped Fiji, they'd always been very good at sevens because it was that free-flowing, that unstructured style of rugby. When they got to, to test match rugby with, with 15 players and, and so much structure was needed, that's where they fell apart. But because... The Fiji and Drua have been playing Super Rugby the last few years. The, the, they've improved so much in in knowing when they've got to just knuckle down and play structured football, but then still have that freedom to to attack, as we saw them do so well. So, I just think them playing Super Rugby has has helped them so much. And I think the fact that they the the game means so much to them, and they realise there is like my wife said to me this morning when I told her the results. She said. How can a tiny country like Fiji beat the Wallabies when we have got so many resources and we put so much money into the Wallabies? And she's got a good point because the Fijians, they're starved of money. They don't have the resources that that we do have. One of their last camps, they all stayed in a hall just on mattresses on the floor while all our guys are in five-star hotels in camp, you know, wherever they might be. So uh, they, they take it. They take it almost personally and they've got that added layer of wanting to win for their community because it does mean so much to them. And you saw at the end when that siren sounded just how, how passionate and you know, they, they were in tears beating beating Australia. So they were, look, I, I don't think, look, leading to the World Cup, yes, they we would have underestimated them, but the fact that they did beat England, that would have put us on notice. And then last night they came out. But, you know, to be fair, we didn't play well. At all, we we we, uh, we gave away 18 penalties, that missed 23 tackles, turned the ball over 11 times. Now I don't care who you're playing against. If you if you've got those sorts of statistics, it's going to make it very very hard for you to win a test match. And as I mentioned, when you add that, the level of emotion and the passion that the Fijians brought, and them wanting to win, and they did target the Australians. Once they got beat by Wales, they knew they had to beat Australia to stay in this tournament. Otherwise, they are they are out. They brought their game and they played extremely well. But the Wallabies, geez, they were. They were disappointed, and um, and Eddie Jones. One good thing about him, he does deflect a lot of the attention away from the players. But geez, you've got to start taking some responsibility. Still, he's still pretty buoyant. Thinks that we can still win. He, as he quoted, South Africa lost the pool game and went on to win the World Cup. But you know, we just the he's picked a, a team of youth, and it really came back to bite him last night. Just with no experience out there to, to get that team home, that's where we really fell down. So when you look at the Wallabies, and as we mentioned, Jones overlooked uh, the likes of longtime captain Michael Hooper and the veteran playmakers in Quade Cooper and Bernard Foley. Now we all know those names, but uh, it appears they're not in the plans for Eddie Jones. In hindsight. Being the youngest squad at this World Cup, did you need a bit of uh, an injection of experience, particularly in that situation last night? Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially the, the number 10 playing for the Wallabies is a guy called Carter Gordon. He's, he's very, very good, but he's young. He's only played, I think that was his seventh test match. And he got hooked. Eddie Jones hooked him after, I think it was about 48 or 49 minutes. Now, normally, if you've got some old heads like Quade Cooper or Bernard Foley around that have been there and done that, you've got a young guy like Carter Gordon at training. He's surrounded by that experience. He can talk to them all the time about situations and what would happen to them. And then after last night, he could go back to the room with them, 
sit down, discuss his game. and He's got mentors with him the whole time. He was the only number 10 that Eddie Jones picked. The only the backup number 10 is a guy called Ben Donaldson, who's signed for the Western Force next year, who started at fullback. He's the backup number 10. Ben Donaldson wasn't even the Waratahs' first choice number 10. I think he was about number four in their list, which is why they let him go to the Western Force. So all of a sudden, uh, a number 10 that the Waratahs don't even want is the backup number 10 for the Wallabies. So that experience in those key positions is so vital. And I just think that that experience of someone like Quade Cooper and Bernard Foley being around that squad, yes, start, start Carter Gordon. He is certainly the future. But if he goes no good, you bring in someone like Quade Cooper, who's been there, done that, can steer the ship, settle things down, control it, and then he can then talk to Carter Gordon and advise Carter Gordon. So when Carter Gordon comes back in, he's got the confidence again. So now, as Sonny B. Williams pointed out last night, Carter Gordon's confidence is going to be absolutely shot. Being hooked by the coach in a World Cup in only a sixth or seventh test match, you know, that's really going to be hard for that guy to bounce back from. And, and coming into a crunch game like Wales, He's going to be second guessing everything that he does now, so it's it's a really it's a really tough one. I, look, I, and from the start, it's always been about this home World Cup in 2027. That's the one the Wallabies want to win because we saw from the Matildas how excited Australians all get when we've got a, a World Cup on home soil. But the risk is when you put all your baskets in 2027, if a lot of your fans fall off the the wagon because how poorly you go in 2023, then you're starting from scratch again to try and get them back on board for 2027. So the Wallabies, they need to perform well. It's such a competitive market in Australia for, for eyeballs and money. You've got to have the Wallabies playing well. And at the moment, all the talk around is how, how poorly they're going. So people who are, you know, fringe fans, they're thinking, well, look, I'm not going to support them. The AFL finals on, the NRL finals are on. I'll watch those. I won't even worry about the Wallabies. So it's really, really tough, and I feel sorry for this young side. It is a young side. They just don't have the experience. They don't know how to cope in those situations at, at international level. Uh, you've covered it beautifully, uh, Mickey. As we let you go and safe travels to France, and we'll keep in contact here on Sports Day WA when you do land and progress through to the business end of the tournament. Very simple question. No doubt requires a pretty simple answer with deep thought. Do you, are you confident the Wallabies can get out of the pool and qualify for the quarters? Oh, look, that's, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Uh, on, on paper, on paper, you would say no. I, I think on paper that Wales have got a, a, a better team, but Wales, they're not playing great rugby, but they're probably playing better than, than Australia. And the one thing about Eddie Jones, he, he can... He can get it, even though we haven't seen it. I think he's only won one test out of seven. But I think that the, the Australian spirit and the way that, that Australia likes to we back ourselves as the underdog, that's something we're all very proud of as Australians. And with their backs to the wall, as they will be on Wednesday night, I think that we can beat Wales. We'll have to play extremely well, not have mistakes, and Wales will have to be a bit off their game. But I think, I think we can beat Wales, and I think we can get through to that quarterfinal. If we don't, it'll be the first time ever that Australia, one of the you know supposed rugby powerhouses, has never progressed past the pool stages. So there's a lot of history riding on this team. As I said, they won't want to be the first team to, to not progress out of the final. So I think they'll pull something special out of the bag uh, next weekend, which is, I mean, they've got to do They've got to. They've got no choice but to do that. I think that, that's why they'll do it. You know it well, mate. You know it back to front. You love your rugby, and we love talking to you. Thanks for joining us, Mickey. Again, safe flight to uh, France, and we'll keep in touch here on Sports Day WA. Thanks, Pete. My pleasure. Talk to you from France.
Mick Collis uh, joining us here on the program, looking at uh, that debacle last night for the Wallabies. Let's move on. We've got a brand new segment on this Monday called The Leg Up. It's uh, sponsored by Australia's fastest growing tipping service, and they're looking at unique ambition at the VRC Oaks. They reviewed the meeting at Ramwick, and they think that unique ambition is absolutely one to follow. She was only having her third career start, and despite still carrying the maiden tag, she was completely luckless in the T-Rose stakes behind Tis Invincible. She was never clear, so we can be forgiving of the beaten margin, and she's bred to stay. She's in the right stable, that's John Sargent's, and to be stretched in trip, uh, we think she's worth a ticket in the VRCO. There you go. Get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fastest growing tipping service, the leg up. .com.au. And just before I go, don't forget the double demerits apply from midnight to Thursday until midnight Monday. We've got a long weekend coming up here in Western Australia for speeding or using a mobile phone or radar detector while driving. Get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Connor, for your help with the program. Hope you've enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. See you tomorrow.